The title for the Dharma talk today is What Resonates? Question mark. What resonates? This happens and it's ignored, but this happens and and resonates. Some kind of connection. Is this dependent origination? Is this pratikya samutpada? If it is not that, what is that? What is that? This happens and that occurs. This happens and then that occurs. You could call it resonating. You could call it something else. There seems to be uh, several levels of this. And when I, uh, when I uh, endeavor to contemplate that, um, doesn't always make sense. Um, but there's something there that could be investigated by each of us. Uh, you could do it yourself rather than have me uh, describe it to you particularly. On the other hand, and on the same hand, I would say there's an impersonal quality. Uh, Chisho uh, brought this up a little bit, I heard, in a book study, or part of it uh, a few days ago. The idea that there's kind of an impersonal quality to it, and then there's the what feels like more of a personal situation. And uh, we can, uh, as the saying goes, unpack this as we go along through the talk, or after the talk in some way. Um, so what brought me into this is to is reflecting on how we meet someone. I'm going to go back and use uh, uh, my my first uh, first teacher, my root guru, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, who has a incredible reputation in some ways and has a not such a good one in other ways. Resonating, a resonation. When I when I read his uh, book, uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, I was uh, pretty much blown away by it so to speak, and uh, and frightened because I felt like my the jig was up and what I was trying to be, try, trying to cover up was uh, being exposed just by resonating with that, just by having something that was unnameable, unsearchable, un, un, uh, understandable was happening, and it was uh, frightening. So at the same time, it was magnetizing. <laughs> So I would like to just offer that uh, this is happening in different ways and, and seems like the karma that comes from what beginningless time or wherever, wherever we all come from, if you want to look at it that way, is untraceable, basically. It's not that it maybe couldn't be traced, but we don't have a way of doing that at this point. And uh, looks like it might be a ways off if, in fact, it ever shows up, be just because of the nature of reality that we haven't really fully understood, even uh, uh Particle physicists and so on, who people people who go into the fundamental nature of the physical realm are not able to come up with the proof in the uh, relative sense. You could say, just from what little I know about, which is not much. But what I'm endeavoring to bring us to contemplate a little bit is how I'll give an, another example. So uh, we have uh, world leaders who very some very difficult ones, which we will go unnamed. No point promoting anybody's name. Uh, but we know that there are some uh, qualities uh, that happen. There's some kind of general appearance that is very powerful, and but yet has a dynamic in it that is destructive and harmful and unkind. And when that doesn't show up, then that unkindness, let's say it this way, this, this tendency to have some actual negativity that is unfulfilled, that is hidden, that is uh, suppressed, repressed, or ignored, that aspect of our, of our psychology, our karma, the causes and conditions that arise as human beings uh, uh, 
uh, nature to be uh, uh, have difficulty, cause difficulty, return uh, warfare, warfare for for warfare, aggression for aggression. And so on, that area uh, goes is kind of subdued. And so the um, and people are able to hold that down, hold it to a minimum. I mean, it might show up in a in some situations where we're upset with the neighbor and that kind of thing comes out and that is triggered by this and that and the other thing. So it's, it's very difficult to track it, but you can observe the leading edge of any of those situations. And the more you can observe the leading edge, which is a way I'm talking about it, of your own thought patterns without grasping, without rejecting, and without shutting down, the more you can go deeply into the fundamental nature of who this is, who you are fundamentally, and who, what everything else is, and see for yourself the truth of the Buddha's Dharma, that there are no separate beings, there's no self, and there's no other, simply put. That has to be seen. You can talk about it, you can be a scholar, you can explain all the nuances and all the, the ways that different uh, aspects of consciousness, and you can use Sanskrit words which are wonderful. Sometimes they point at things that uh, our uh, English language or other languages don't particularly uh, address. Sometimes we have very simple words that you can't say in, in uh, German, although German probably has a word for everything. So, and so the, the idea that I was getting at was that, that, for instance, a world leader comes up was extremely negative, just to take one in the past that is everybody knows about uh, Hitler. He actually had people resonated with that kind of macho, puffed up, shouting, and it was his style. And people would weren't able to, to access that uh, by way of, uh, of being that person and have the guts to do it. But when someone, a leader, comes up and shows that kind of macho uh, power, Something resonates there. So what resonates? Find out. Same thing with uh, we meet the Buddha. We meet uh, a Dharma teacher. Uh, and this is the, the combinations and conditions, uh, the causes and conditions, the various kinds of leading, the leading edge of different qualities, the way they come forth is, is so very complicated. Uh, when we look at that for any length of time, it is more of a feeling of not knowing. But the not knowing is receding in terms of relative truth, a relative understanding, grasping. That's what recedes because the more we get into outer space, the more we have to do it with uh, the awareness. The awareness is the uh, fundamental nature of awareness is wisdom. But uh, wisdom has still has kind of something that it's aware of, um, some, some quality of otherness, probably not much. So this is why, uh, just to bring it all back home, it's like when you talk to somebody, they seem very sweet, very nice. Uh, we, we share, have things in common, we joke about things and so on. And then you find out there's some particular world figure, possibly, that they adore, that is that you feel is a, a threat. And you notice that, isn't that odd? This person in every other area, uh, seem, you seem to have some uh, camaraderie, something in common, and so on. And then you find out that uh, this person is going in an odd uh, situation, one that could be even uh, to you, per you perceive as threatening, and they perceive as somebody they can, some situation they can look up to that's wonderful. This is what happens in politics. 
uh, somebody is a libertarian and they'll go back to Ayn Rand and put Ratliff Shrugged and, uh, and Anthem and, uh, and, and totally validate. And if you've read those books, you can see why that could happen. And you can see why uh, she was able to take that kind of self-centeredness and make it into some kind of a high quality of you should really t- take care of number one kind of thing. Very interesting area. We resonate. Some people resonate with that. And what this does is this because they've not investigated it for themselves, because they get their authority from someone else. Don't do that. Don't believe a word I say. I have no authority. I have no authority. And I would go further to say, and you shouldn't believe this. There is no authority. There, and why? Because there isn't anyone. And why? I don't know why. The why doesn't work there. Why isn't there anyone? That's just a relative statement about something that cannot be expressed. My friends, if you realize this, the war is over. I'm not saying you won't see this war and that war and see this energy go this way and this go that way and this threat show up. I'm not saying you won't see all of that, but there's no self-centeredness that is particularly concerned. This doesn't mean you wouldn't reach into an area where someone is suffering and, and give all your time to them, even risk your, uh, your own uh, physical existence in order to help them because it is a choiceless. And why is it choiceless? There's no one to make the choice. There's no authority. This is very hard, difficult. If one realizes this or understands this or has insight into this, it's very difficult to express it to people who are wound up in cause and effect, right and wrong, good and evil, sacred and profane. Ask me questions about this. Take my word for nothing. Give me the benefit of the doubt, as I always say. You're listening. You're here. If you're here, I don't know how many people are here. 10, 20, something like that. Not very many, but quite a many, quite a, 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 uh, quite a few considering what I'm talking about. So it's odd, don't you think, that you can be talking to someone about something that's totally friendly, nice, and then you find out that they're uh, all for this situation or that situation that is, strikes you as someone who has just put a bucket over their head when they start to talk in that direction. Very interesting. I actually have students that are wound up in that way. What do I do? Not much. I, I argue with no one. I rarely even have conversations unless it's with Uno. Maybe a few other people. And what do I mean? I don't, don't mean I don't have conversations. Of course I do. But I'm saying in this situation, I come into this room having no clue to do. I have the, the Dharma talk arose uh, about an hour ago. I had no idea. Junshu sent me a text. We have a title of the Dharma talk. I don't think I even responded because I, I didn't know. And then as I contemplated what I would like to address, then that uh, showed up. And then I realized I have something to say about that. On the other hand, I still like to have an interchange. So a- ask questions uh, concerning what I've said. You have a question? Yes, Junshu does. Who's Junshu? Oh, that's the person who asked me about the Dharma talk title. Okay. <clears throat> She says, when I resonate with the teachings or something positive, it feels like a validation of that. But when I resonate with something negative, it feels scary and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. What is the resonating without the imputation? Mm -hmm. It's just dependent origination. This is why uh, I say, let's call it why, uh, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be someone else. Transcendence actually is, is not a relative situation. A realization is not has a relative qualities and features and so on. Of course it does. Everything, you know, every, everything has parts, various kinds of, but do, do nothing with it. 
don't look away. Come back to the, the basic formula of passion, aggression, and ignorance that are the three poisons. So transmuted or transformed, those are just energies. And they, they may be grasping, they may be rejecting, but you are beginning to witness your own karma slowly dissolve into reality. Fancy way of saying uh, nothing much happens. The actual energy of grasping, the energy of rejecting, passion, aggression, and shutting down ignorance or distracting or looking at something else or going to sleep, you could say. Those, you become more and more clear about how those operate to provide a particular piece of propaganda of uh, fear or hope. That's, that's a difficult one. You hear people say, what gives you hope? And every time I hear that, I say, oh, <laughs> because that's the, that's the other end of the very thing that it's warfare. So it's not that you shouldn't say be hopeful or, but it's when it when it tends to be puffed up, it's like uh, being peaceful it gets puffed up out of the idea of peace, and we use our the mechanism of the thinking process to analyze and criticize and do away with someone's idea of wanting to build one thing up. Just like you say, just not to pick on Ayn Rand, but that quality of, of extreme powerful self centeredness. All it takes is a powerful personality to come in, whose karma. Uh, which can be traced lots of different ways. One way of tracing it uh, somewhat, excuse me, is uh, through uh, cycles. Someone is born in a particular cycle where they come to the top. If they also come, dependent origination, but if they also come to the top with uh, uninspected, unmisunderstood emotions, uh, emotions uh, pushing and pulling and all of that, those qualities that show up as a personality, if that's not inspected, then we tend to believe what we think. We tend to believe what we feel. The belief of the feeling or the thought wouldn't arise, but there's no one there. If you see that there's no, it's a basically mistaken identity of this and that. If you look around across the room right now and see someone else, that's a misunderstanding. And until you clear that up for yourself, not me, I'm just here to push on you. If you give me permission, if you turn around and say, please push me, that's not permission. You know what I'm talking about. Further questions are good, or I can keep rambling along here. There are more questions. Go ahead. Shoto asks, if we see that leader and either threat or resonance shows up, have we left what's in front of us? Not if you not if you can ask that question, you haven't. You've left it if you if you're not if you're if you're just doing it out of just a, a reaction. Action and then reaction. If this happens and this you're trapped in the cage of your afflictions and your karma. And uh, someone who sees that is not exactly trapped anymore. They actually see the bars. They're not sure how they got in there. They're not sure what's happening, but at least they are looking at that, which it sounds like you are doing. Nicole has a question. Nicole. Do you have to know why something resonates with you in order to fully learn or understand no. it? No, why? There's only one why. And that's, uh, I'm not saying there are lots of wives. Of course there are. But I'm saying the way in which you're asking me uh, brings up the response of no. All you need, to, the other W word is what? What is it? It's dependently arisen. Why is it? Then if you say why, you'll get an answer. It's because of this. And then you'll say, why is that? And say, well, it's because of that. Because of that, I'm being a little bit silly, but it's like that. It's a, it's a circular kind of dynamic. And it plays into the nature of physical reality. The planets go round. The sun goes round the moon. The sun go or the earth goes around the sun. 
Um, does the sun go around the moon? See? <laughs> but if I started saying that the earth is flat with the power of a, of a, of a person, and I don't have one, but if the power of a personality, it would be convincing. And because we, we are fearful and we, we resonate with somebody who's convinced somebody who's someone who can lie and lie and cheat and steal and everything is still, and have no guilt. Just be proud of everything they do. We kind of like, well, that's kind of like, oh, I'd like to feel. I wish I could kind of just do whatever I want and always be right. And so we resonate with that or we don't, or we go resonate, which is also resonating. Listen here to resonate, to go the other direction uh, also is fuels that same, same situation. This doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean you shouldn't resonate positive, negative, neutral for, with anything. What do I say hundreds of times? It's about being aware of it. If you start manipulating that situation, trying to be somebody better than that, somebody that is peaceful, you're setting up uh, you're setting up the stage uh, for Act Two. You look at the masks, the drama masks, or the, or the, the the frowning mask and the smiling mask. This is that's uh, the polarity, Yang and Yin. Don't do anything with them, except don't look away. Go ahead. A question from Richard Elm. Hi, Sokazan. Do you recommend a self-inquiry style meditation like turning awareness back to oneself? A little bit, if it's just a little bit. But don't dwell. Don't go back and hang out there and try to accomplish something. Because the, the, res- the, the, the self-centeredness will resonate with that, and you'll actually start to become better, more aware. We hear people say this all the time. Not all the time, but quite a bit. If you look in any of the mindfulness journals or meditation or all the apps and everything, everybody's trying to get somewhere. It's highly polished and highly perfumed and stroked mindfulness practice. Not wrong. Maybe that might be some, maybe the only thing that some people can do. What you're asking about, you may have to do. If you're asking me, I always say not a good idea. And, and not because it's wrong, because it's circular, because it, 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 gives the appearance of getting somewhere, but it, you're tying into spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual techniques to get to some kind of spiritual plateau. Even though this is talked about all through the teachings, it is it is there so that you can begin the path. You can't begin the path as a spiritual being because you are a are grasping at uh, physical reality as it's as the reality that you are trying to squeeze to get happiness out of. Questions are good. Thank you for those questions. This is just could be a, a pretty flat talk without your help. Chisho has a question from his. Chisho, go right ahead. Is looking at the way we resonate or not help us go behind the ego, or is it a skillful means to lead with awareness? Yeah, you just lead with the awareness, and and there's not there's nothing there's nothing to go go behind. It's it's ego can. Be right there and just you see that it's unreal. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to do anything with it. Further question. Uh, Laura from Traverse City asks, yes, Laura. can you expand on the teaching of perception only? Thank you. I can do that. My basic way of talking about it, and this can be contemplated. Uh, uh, you're looking at the screen. I'm looking at the screen, uh, presumably. We're listening. So, But what we hear, see, smell, taste, touch, think, uh, looks like something else. It looks like that's the object part. It looks like uh, I'm looking at a clock. I'm looking at a, a bird in the tree. I'm looking at uh, the doorway. I'm looking at the altar. I'm, I'm looking at 
my hand. You're, you know, the, this is happening. So there's, there's a, a subject, all the various subjects, including the things that arise in the mind, those are thoughts, subjects, more rarefied form than looking at a clock. But the clock ties into that, and the and the and the dynamic gets so complicated. We looked at clocks. We noticed there wasn't such a thing as time, but it looked like something was moving. So we made things that moved to keep track of it, called the hands of a clock. Now we have digital time, which doesn't have a spatial reference anymore. It's even more conceptual. So that's why I have a regular watch with hands. Actually, they're not hands; they're fingers. So, what to go to your uh, question? I would say that when the object that over there, and uh, on the subject or the perceiving uh, consciousness over here, when neither one of those is particularly emphasized, but is not ignored, we're not talking about getting rid of ego, getting rid of uh, uh, objectivity. We're saying when we see that the very perception of that, there's just a, you could, if you want to use time, you could say there's just a microsecond when there's just a perception. Uh, Trump Rinpoche had a way of talking about this. He would say, first thought, best thought, because he, this is his way of saying it. It wasn't really a thought. He's not really thinking, but it's just a perception, first perception, just a very first perception of anything is its shape and color before you even name it. And when you do that, because consciousness doesn't belong to anyone, it just happens to be showing up in, in Laura or in Sokazan or in anyone else. But then when you when you look at something or smell something, hear something, uh, think something, that apparent objectivity and the apparent subjectivity that is witnessing, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking that is it is that if there's anything there, it is taught that it's just a perception. There is no object. Relatively, yes. But we're not we're not uh, particularly concerned with that. We are concerned with absolute truth, not relative truth. We know. Uh, a tree grows and the tree dies. A human being is born, live, they get old and they die. Sickness, aging, and death. Death comes without warnings, body will be a corpse, train the mind. So simply put, just, just a fact. Nothing particularly negative about it. And if one realizes perception only, uh, you see the whole positivity, negativity, heaven and hell, and all of that is, uh, is a, a stage set. And, you, and if you see this, you're liberated. Or what? let me put it this way. You realize you've always been liberated. You've just been covering it up because you're scared to death. At least that was that's my story. And then the teaching person comes along and said, you don't have to do that. But the same kind of dependent origination applies because it doesn't, it plays no favorites. It doesn't see good and evil. It doesn't see right and wrong. Dependent origination, you, you, which is no one in particular, have to liberate yourself from this chain of your afflictions. If you don't, uh, I'm not saying it won't die down some point, maybe three million years from now, but you can liberate yourself now when you're in this body. How do I know? Do I have any guarantees? Hell no. I wouldn't cheapen the whole thing by guaranteeing anything. It's not merchandising. I'll leave that to uh, uh, Walmart. But you can do this now. You're already awake. Already. This is a, you take the Zen teachings, Zogchen teachings, direct pointing at the mind. It's already the case. Susan Alcott asks, does imagination resonate? Yes, that's what it is. It's the imaginary nature. So according to the, the teaching of the three natures, the, the parkalpata, partantra, paranishpana. So partantra uh, par is, is just this and that. And this, and this causes that, causes that, causes that, causes that, causes that. And they're all doing it billions, zillions, countless numbers of things are doing that uh, in the relative 
situation all the time, all over the place in what we call time. And the imagination or uh, parikalpata comes in based on uh, what's happening in the nerve endings. That feels good. This feels bad. This is pleasurable. Same nerve ending. This feels bad. So we differentiate and then we start picking and choosing and picking. I don't want more of this, but less of that. And then the whole uh, sensorium, the whole consciousness uh, brings together its identity as somebody who wants something and does not want that. And we start picking and choosing. So we start to show up as that. And it's the imagination that uh, creates the, the artifice we call uh, uh, reality, which is not reality. It's what we call reality. So it's an artifice. It's what, it's what we want. It's our stage set. And it's, per, it's different for everyone. And when, some, when someone has their own stage set and some, uh, some, uh, the Buddha rises over here and a tyrant arises over here, or as my teacher talked about, a, a Rudra, the, the com- one comes out of the apparent hell and one comes out of the apparent heaven to use reality, use polarity, shows up, then your particular resonance, depending on the causes and conditions that brought you uh, through all these countless lifetimes to this present moment when you're listening to this old man say things to you, that imagination will be uh, will be used to go back into hell or into heaven, which neither one exists. They what do they do? They appear and they are all illusory. Even Buddha nature is illusory. It's just a way of getting uh, pointing you at ultimate truth. If you see what Buddhism is pointing at, Buddhism vanishes just like the finger pointing at the moon. The moon never vanishes because it has not appeared. It's used used as a metaphor for ultimate truth. Thank you for the question. Um, more questions. Shadow asks, is deep consciousness further layers of relative truth? Sure. Yes. Michael Stoltz from here in Battle Creek. How is reaction different from a- action or the path? So I can kind of flesh it out a little bit. So reaction means that something happens and you... You like it or you don't like it or you ignore it. And with all the nuances around that, all the stories, all the, um, it's like a, it's like a Mobius strip. We were, it looks like a surface. We're getting somewhere, but we're actually going back and forth and back through our karma that's not been examined. You'll come back over and over and over, not condemning you to anything. And I'm probably totally wrong. But let's look at it this way for a few minutes since you asked. Unless you see what this is, you'll continue to go on in circles. But if you begin to see what this is through the through the practice of meditation, through the practice of awareness of what is moving, simply put, then you will notice that that which is moving and that which is observing the moving uh, have a particular dynamic going on there. And this is what you need to witness. When I say you need to, you don't need to. You can do what you want. This might be a way of working with it. Uh, so... Um, what was the part of the question and missing part of How it? How is reaction different from yes. action or the path? So the reaction is you're, you're caught by the cage of your affliction. You react. If somebody does something, you react. Somebody gets mad, you get mad. Somebody is happy, you get happy. Resonate. You resonate. You resonate. You resonate. That's, thank you. I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to address. We resonate with whatever, whatever is showing up unless we understand what this is. And then you still may have resonated. Uh, re- I resonated with uh, Trump or Jay because he was so direct and honest. And it was an astonishing thing to run into a human being who had nothing to sell. No promotion. Would tell you about something, about how your mind was working. And, it felt, and it, I got very upset because I felt like I'm reading a book about myself. 
Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism. I highly recommend that you never read it. The other way around. I highly recommend that you read it. (laughs) So then reaction is tied into the karma that has not been inspected, which is what's happening on very, very high levels. The whole world is absolutely insane. I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, And then uh, actual action or uh, purity is no actor, no action, nothing acted upon. That doesn't mean you're not doing all kinds of things, There's, but there's no absorption into a self who's doing something or no absorption into a self who's uh, accomplishing or doing something wrong or doing great things or becoming a hero. If you're actually functioning uh, uh, in, uh, in relationship to the dependent origination that you've been born into in a way that is open, generous, kind, and you could say compassionate, um, you'll, never, you'll never feel blamed and you'll never feel like you get any credit. Unless your past karma comes up and haunts you every now and then, just to keep you from uh, accepting medals of bravery. Kozan has a question. Shoot. She asks, if we are with someone who is expressing propaganda, it seems the resonance with the profane situation is choiceless and colors our perception. Is there a way to be with without unintentionally buying into what is being presented. Everything is dependent on, that's a a generic situation that everybody goes through, but it it depends on the person, depends on your relationship to the person, depends, 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 depends. So you have to see the dependent origination and the way you are resonating either for or against and don't buy it, don't sell it, don't do anything with it. Difficult to do. The very best thing I can tell you to do is to train your mind. Sit down and look at the way you are not separate from the person you've just been talking to. If you think you're not prejudiced, <laughs> this, 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 this is prejudiced to think you're not prejudiced. I'm prejudiced. I mean, I can say more if you want. If you want to. have to train your mind. You, ha- you have to do it with your mind. You can't go out. And I'm not saying you can't. Sure, there are people everywhere go out and they carry signs. And they march on Washington and people constantly are telling them. Uh, the guy at the head, uh, what to do. It's just a, it's, it's, if it weren't so tragic, or it would be humorous because trying to say what someone who is a complete, um, uh, full of themselves, you know, and totally is full of himself, all about them, all about them, uh, to tell them what they should do. It's, it might make you feel good to tell someone what they should do, but it's not fundamentally, you're buying into it. Don't do it. Don't accept it. Don't don't do anything with it. When I have someone come to me who has extreme uh, difficulty in that area, um, I just listen to them. Now, if they start to go after me, then I try to get me to uh, try to correct me and say that I should be doing the same thing. I might kick them out of the monastery. I've done it and I'll do it again. Necessary. But it comes out of seeing what it is, not out of being, me being right and them being wrong. But I can't help but do that do it that way it's just a choiceless for me so don't get too close or you'll get kicked and these days you won't get hugged probably <laughs> we want to live a little bit longer further questions from jews on he asks can we know if a thought is the first can we know if it's first thought no but it's a dynamic that's like you you can i can say go meditate and you can say okay i'll go meditate but when you sit down, if you've never meditated before and you listen to instruction, it takes you a long time before you actually meditate. And some people might 
understand or begin to meditate and actually receive everything is meant in a few days. And some people might take years. It took me years. I'm very slow at learning anything, uh, assuming I actually have learned something. So, but you won't know. If you, if you know, then you keep going. <laughs> that's, that's not it. Pakaran has a question. Pakaran. What is reality? Uh, it's your very nature that you object to. If you're talking to me, you're probably objecting this, but you're somewhat aware of it and you want to know. And you're a student of mine, so I would say just keep training your mind. The reality is just an abstract word to point to something that, that we don't, I'm not sure what it is. But there are a lot of people who tell you what it is. Ayn Rand, for one, or anybody else you know, who believes in uh, transactional analysis or uh, psychoanalysis or all the other things. I mean, all the, what, like 200 things in under uh, Wikipedia, under therapy and so on. And then there's philosophies and psychologies. And uh, even Buddhism is full of this. Uh, no one can escape it. No need to escape something that you see what it is because the nature of this situation, uh, the bars are invisible. You don't know you're in prison until you see the bars. And coming into the, onto the path, you begin to see the bars. And then that's the provisional teachings. And you look at them, you taste them, you smell them. Don't lick the bars, that's dangerous. But then you, you eventually begin to see those bars, you made them, you're creating those bars. You're creating those. <laughs> it's, it's tragic and humorous at the same time. But you can actually, you don't have to step through bars that are unreal. So, but the ego mind keep because of its mere, uh, materialistic approach and of its hidden agenda of I want to I want to be the one to be liberated. Ego wants to be liberated. Ego can't be liberated because it's not real. What is real? Your Buddha nature. Just a couple of words: Buddha, awakened, nature, whatever that is. Tathagata Garba down through the centuries of beings who have understood this nature and maybe kept their mouth shut or maybe talked about it. The ones who talked about it would go to words that seem to carry some kind of a weight. Sometimes you can't say what Tathagata Garbha says in Sanskrit. You can't say what Dharmata says. Yes. Uh, Joseph from Kalamazoo has a question. Joseph. Joseph Bowing. Resonating against Ayn Rand, how is sharpening the blade not rugged individualism? What do the apparent ideological conflicts indicate? So if I understand you, Joseph, I would say sharpening a blade starts out like that. It starts out like it actually brings into light the, the degree to which you want something else. You want to be a better. You want to be a bodhisattva. You want some kind of idealism. Uh, the, the Ayn Rand perspective, and I, she was a brilliant person, much smarter than this old man. Uh, so if you read her books, which I have half a century ago, uh, you see that it's very magnetizing. It's very idealistic and very, especially the, the, the one anthem is extremely uh, powerful in that way. I don't recommend them. I mean, if you want to read them, read them. But if you want to read something, um, I have a lot of other books you might want to read, about 35 of them. So um, it's not rugged individualism because the very blade you are sharpening uh, is called uh, the sword of Manjushri. And it cuts through this subjectivity, and it cuts through that objectivity at the same time. It's a magic blade, you could say. But you have to do it. You have to sharpen it. And how do you do? You sit down, take the blade away from the, uh, the, the vegetables and the carrots and the onions and 
bring it bring it to the sit down and bring your awareness to stillness stillness the body mind complex are not two different things it's hard to sharpen although yoga tries to go through the body and other uh, martial arts try to go through the body not wrong you could do both do some of that you could dance you could paint you could write write poetry i've done a little bit of all of that i'm just gonna have my first album out pretty soon i'm gonna be singing uh the tatagatagarbha sutra in sanskrit the second question was, what do the apparent ideological conflicts indicate? Well, just confusion, just different kinds of confusion. People wanting an idea that works. And so that's why the, the, the provisional teachings are so powerful. If you take the time to look at them, have to look at them. Like I was in a prison once many years ago and a, a young fellow in there who got in a lot of trouble and, and drugs, had no family support, uh, was in a situation where, he, where two people were murdered. He's in life in prison. He's probably still in there. And he held up the, I went in and just happened to be with just him. There wasn't anybody else in the Dharma study. Uh, sometimes there's three or four people, but usually not many. And the chaplain was sitting over in the corner because he was a he was a, a, a level five high security inmate. So he had to have a chaplain in the room. Sat down and he he had gotten a hold of, the, of, a, of a little tiny book, the Dhammapada. And just the Dhammapada is not all that clear. Uh, but he, he looked at me and he said, held up the Dhamma. I said, why isn't everybody doing this? This is a guy who's in the rest of his life and has decided he might want to train his mind. But he couldn't have run into that causes and conditions without without getting caught, without being put in a, uh, a temporary and a highly uh, controlled hell realm called prison. But it, actually, he because of the people have gotten permission for them to read a book and have a religious um, service, which I presume they would prefer was different than Buddhism. Um, but it, he read that once you see that situation, if you really see it and you have time and he had plenty of time, you said, why isn't everybody at this? And I said, I said, they don't know about it because they project onto it. Here's the book. And they say, oh, that's a, got a picture of a guy on it that people are worshiping uh, the golden idol. No, and it's just a reminder that you could train your mind. Shane Thompson Shane. has a question. Shane, go ahead. How does one work with an intense desire to be alone? Take care of your child. That's about as alone as you're going to get. You know what I'm talking about. Bushine has a question from Bushine. Term City. Bushine bowing. There are some days recently where I'm stifled by sadness for the suffering of basically everyone on earth right now. What do I need to be looking at in that? Just look at your mind. Anything that shows up, look at that. Don't dump too much uh, time and energy into that. Excuse me. Your, your sensitivity is, uh, take that sensitivity to the wall. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of your mind uh, away from all of the magnetism and grasping and extreme suffering that's happened in the world. You can't work with the suffering in the world unless you work with the suffering in yourself that you're hiding out from. I'm not accusing you of anything. But if you haven't found out who this is, and seeing that the, <laughs> there's no self here, then you'll you'll be really serious about things that are serious, but then you'll add the seriousness to it that's not, not necessary. I'm not talking about laughing at when someone's suffering. I'm talking about humor, which is not particularly laughter. It's an open, spacious, generous, uh, a, a generous quality of consciousness that includes everything and everyone, even the most 
horrible person, which we have a lot of them, and the most wonderful, delightful, saint-like person. Include. Include. How do you do that? You you stop fighting. You you lose the war inside. You lose the war here. The war out there looks uh, pretty silly. I'm not talking about not painful. The Buddha said, and as we recall, the life is suffering. The cause is wanting something else. Simply put, life is suffering, and we we don't want it. Even though we're born into this this uh, sensorium, the six sense fields, and their objects, which are uh, feel pretty good and don't feel so good. Same nerve ending, same er- er nerve ending in the in the the mind. It's it's it's, it's we uh, listen to. Uh, you might listen to uh, this music and it feels pretty good. You listen to some other music. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so, um, some people like. Uh, um, Oh, squash. Other people don't. Susan has another question. She asks, are dreams a form of resonating? Yes. Yes, just watch the dreams. Don't add. Don't analyze them. A- analyzing a dream is like, I want to know more about this kotsu. So the first thing I do is look away from it. Don't, don't, don't look away from it. Just continue to look at the kotsu. Continue to look at the dream and realize that all the information you de- need is in the dream, and it won't come out as proof of something else. You don't need something else. There isn't anything any else. That's a <laughs> that's a distraction. That's a that's the way the relative truth magnetizes us. It's the downside of being a living being, and it's the upside because that very tension is what enhances our ability to extend ourselves while we're in a physical realm, uh, and we can function as a, a bodhisattva or a light being while we're still in a body. There isn't anything but light. Awaken. How? Watch the way in which you're sleeping. <laughs> yes. Sheldon has two questions. Go ahead, asks, um, Is there some question we can be asking ourselves when the negativity arises regarding the WTF we have when people we love go in a direction that is so obviously harmful? Mm-hmm. And how can we be neutral and upset at the same time? You're, I know you, you're able to do that. Just look at them. Look at their eye color. Receive. Find something about them that you can receive. You, you might not be able to receive the disgusting uh, stuff they're saying, but that's based on fear. They're afraid, and they, just like uh, we recently heard where now that we have this uh, virus, uh, instead of people working with it in a civilized, you know, uh, communicate, cooperate, collaborate to help everybody, instead people are going and buying guns. Lots of them. All the gun stores are open because people feel there's going to be uh, uh, what is it when the when the shit hits this fan or something like that. Uh, there's going to be zombie hordes. And we wouldn't want watching a lot of movies. And I'm not saying something couldn't couldn't happen. I'm not saying you shouldn't go buy a gun. Maybe you should. And I'm not saying you shouldn't uh, fight with or argue with that person. Maybe it's time to uh, tell them to uh, uh, wise up or to, to that you think everything they're saying is ridiculous. And it's based on they're afraid of that. Maybe not. Or maybe you're just there to say, yeah, I can see how you might think that way. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree. I don't, I don't, don't necessarily agree with you, but yeah, I can see knowing you. Yeah. I can see how you think that way. It could they'll take it as a little tiny kind of a miniature put down, but they're not sure exactly what you mean. And then, then because that basically people who are wound up in some kind of a, um, a worship of something positive, negative, neutral, worship of something i'm not teaching that at all 
Don't worship anything. Don't believe anything. I didn't even say find your own truth. That's kind of silly sounding. There isn't anything but the truth. We just, as a world, as a society, as a various culture, we just keep separating ourselves from it because we want what? Something else. The basic teaching of the Buddha. Not happy with this. <laughs> we want something else. When so the, one more thing I would say to Sheldon, you can actually alternate between your senses if you're facing someone and that's happening. Uh, listen. I mean, you're not going to shut out your uh, sound, but you can you can actually go from the color of their shirt to how your body feels on the chair. The color of their shirt just keeps you in your sensorium, in your sense fields. So at least your own consciousness, though it would like to go into um, arguing or ignoring or getting out of the room, it would like to do something else. By doing this, you're actually acknowledging what is uh, in the present moment, which is probably not your mind, but your the sense of touch is right here. Sense of color is right here. If you can turn those on receive, receive, then it's easier for the mind to actually hear and receive and see the expression. Just a, a little technique. That won't work so well unless you're doing a lot of time sitting down facing a wall because you, your blade is not sharp. Your blade is rusty from not, uh, to use a, that metaphor, from not keeping it sharp. Once you once you see this, you, you may meditate, you may not. I often say, just people... Uh, uh, people say, well, so, so, because on how much do you, do you meditate all day long? I say, that it depends on who it is. I might say, yes, yeah, I meditate all the time. I'm always meditating. Or I might say, no, I never meditate. Or I'm, it depends on who it is. Or I might say, what do you mean by meditate? Then I find out what they think meditation is. And they want to know if I'm doing what they're doing. Probably not. Anything for Wendy from Traverse City asks. Wendy. Sometimes watching the confusion and spinning makes me smile at the absurdity. This doesn't help the relative situation. How do I deal with that? Fine. Just smile at it. Just smile. It's not. So you smile. Smiling is fine. It doesn't need to help helping relative situation. I think we've captured all those questions. There's one that says that is so obviously harmful. Is that the end of her question? Oh. I'm seeing some of them on there. <laughs> June, she's sending those to me in a text. Oh, she is. She oh. takes a picture and then sends it to me, so oh, I can read it. Oh, that's how we're doing this. Yeah. Huh. We're kind of figuring it out somewhat. There, uh, at I'm, this point, are no further questions. Okay. If anyone has a final one, we could we take it. If we had if somebody has it, if we haven't even been on here an hour yet. Should we go ahead and dedicate yeah, them we here? Can are we doing it here? Then? Yeah. Okay, we'll do it here. And we would just like to thank everybody for their generosity during these difficult times. We've been receiving uh, your donations through our PayPal account. And uh, thank, thank you. you so much for helping. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Ji the ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita.
O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Soka Koji Buddha's Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. <laughs>